Welcome to MindLob, the hive mind antidote for conservative Christians that want to form their own conclusions. And now your host, Ken Carroll. Welcome back to MindLob. We are already in episode 13, and uh, in this episode, we're going to continue the uh, look at the uh, book of Genesis, and we're going to go through Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, and look at some oddities and different ways people look at 1-1 and 1-2. But before we do that, I want to throw a few things out. I have some holiday gifts for you. And uh, the first gift that I have is that if you go to mindlob.com, we did locate a um, Dr. Heiser, and he's giving a presentation of Genesis 1-1 and beyond. And I think you would find it very interesting because as a Hebrew scholar, he's much more equipped to speak to the Hebrew than I am. And one thing that he's going to do is walk you through the grammar in this video, along with the words. And I also did cross-reference Dr. Heiser in the last podcast episode. And uh, so this this particular video on the homepage of mindlob.com uh, we'll let you uh, listen in, and it'll give you more insight into how amazing and miraculous the language is in Genesis. And obviously what that tells us is that God definitely was considering all the factors that we have previously discussed, meaning that Genesis was not written for people in 2020 or 2019 or 2030 or 1830 to just accommodate what the what what the wisdom of the day is, and so what the uh, the book of Genesis is is far beyond anything that man could create. And if you listen to the uh, previous podcast, if you haven't, I welcome you to go check that out. Another thing that we have done was we have started a brand new free area on mindlob.com. If you go to the upper right-hand corner of the screen, you can become a mindlobber and get instant access to a new membership area. Now, it's 100% free. We're never planning on charging anything for anything that we do. We want to give this stuff out throw out ideas, and just encourage each other to consider our place and time with the tools that we have for logic and reason. And uh, so obviously I'm, I'm not looking to, to make this some kind of money-making mechanism for mind lob or anything else. But when you get into it, uh, I have a couple videos in there and some articles I think you'd want to look at. Uh, One article, we have linked to information in Australia where they talk about how they have stopped the vaccines. And the reason that they stopped the vaccines was because people were testing positive for HIV after taking the vaccine in Australia. So you want to check that article out if you're curious. I also have a link to a video from a Dr. Merritt. And Dr. Merritt, she gives her um, her opinion, well, I think it's a medical opinion, as to the mask during COVID-19, what they mean, and what it means to you. So uh, I welcome you to check that out. And then I also have a video posted by uh, 
the Epoch Times. And that video, what it does is talks to you about the 2020 election and their investigation into it. And I found it pretty interesting and I thought I would put that in the members area as well. So this is where whenever we run across something that I think you'll find interesting, we will add it. Of course, the graphic, the infographic that corresponds with episode number 11 is in the membership area. And the, uh, the Hauser video is also in the members area as well. So anyway, I welcome you to drop in there, add your information, and I really think you'll uh, enjoy the information. And, and if nothing else, it does give food for thought as you go through your life and maybe some trivia and, you know, different things like that. So where we left off in the book of Genesis was Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And so when we look at Genesis 1-1, the first thing that I would want to, uh, to point out is that it's a faith issue. It doesn't matter if your faith is in man and what we believe today, because it doesn't matter. In the future, we're, we're going to alter and adjust those belief systems. And what we see and what we're told is so... Um, so uh, beyond the human experience that it does require a lot of faith either way. And especially when we see that uh, man reaches beyond mortality and delves into the realm of, um, you know, areas that, that really are just beyond the scope of what this human experience can offer. So I do welcome you to, to go back and check out that previous episode. And then again, the Dr. Heiser video that's on mindlob.com. Uh, I did reference him and this does give a, a more detailed explanation. And then you can, you can actually look at the, uh, the incredible nuances of the book of Genesis and the different ways in which the, uh, the language, you know, not, not making things up, not compromising scripture, but just looking at the different ways in which it can be read, uh, not interpreted, but in this case, in, in this case, read. And uh, so with verse two, we have this. It says, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, after verse two, we get a description of day one. So there is an immediate question. What is 1-1 in 1-2? Now there's a couple of different ideas. The first is that Genesis 1-1 in 1-2 is a five mile view of creation. And then starting in verse number three, it starts to break down in detail that overarching um, uh, synopsis. And uh, so, so then three is the beginning of the, the breakdown, obviously. And then you have other people who say, well, no, that, that, that's not really what that is. What that is, is it's actually a separate event. So there's an unknown amount of time when verses 1-1 and 1-2 occurred. And then we have this uh, sequential substate that happens after 1-1 and 1-2 versus 1-1 and 1-2 being a synopsis 
and then starting with verse number three, breaking down into detail one and two. So you have two different perspectives. Then also there is another perspective within verse two where it says, and the earth was without form and void. So if you wanna go break down the Hebrew and look at that, what you're going to find out is that there are some people who believe that there is a space of time between 1-1 and 1-2 where something happened and then there was this judgment, there was something that happened and then God rebooted or started to reconstruct creation. So there's a lot of people who believe that. So what some would argue who believe that there is a literal gap between verse 1, 1, and 1, 2, is some of them would tell you that um, that's when Lucifer fell. Maybe that's where we see some of this evolution stuff happening. Maybe this is where we can fill in the blanks. And then after that, is when God started to rebuild this realm for humans. And so uh, it's very interesting because as you dig deeper and deeper, you have the fall of Lucifer, and they say, well, that's where that was. And so anyway, there, there's a whole study uh, that, that's kind of interesting. And what you'll find is you'll see some Bible personalities come and say, well, the there's no room for the gap between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. I just got through listening to one very popular uh, person, his three arguments against the gap, and I didn't find it that compelling for me personally. But, and I, I don't know, if, it's like, you know, I'm on the sidelines here. I listen and I can, I can listen to anyone and their, their interpretation of it. So I don't really feel like I'm, I'm not married to... Uh, either view. I, I just I like knowing the views. Now, now in regards to possibly evolution happening between 1-1 and 1-2, you know, there are theistic, uh, the, uh, uh, theistic evolutionists, right? They believe that evolution, God used evolution, or somehow it would, they're intertwined with each other. So what you have is you have people who are looking at what science is telling us and you know they don't want to look foolish and and so what they'll do is they'll say well you know maybe God used evolution you know they're trying to cling on to two concepts that I don't think can be be rejoined but the big reason that I reject um, the evolutionary premise is because it just seems unrealistic from my background from a computer programming perspective to realize that all this um, logic and all this you know biological code created itself and made all this hardware without any blueprint I, I can't get around that and so that's why I personally reject um, evolution I also am not really uh, fond of the uh, because the, the descent of man by Darwin when I read it I read it as a particularly racist book I mean, if you go look at the Aborigines and you look at one of the quotes from a previous episode that was from a uh, uh, textbook in the early 1900s, you know, it, it's really drawing some lines there. And, you know, now 
of course, in, in today's uh, world, they try to soft sell the idea of what it, it means. But uh, it, it definitely has a really ugly side to it when you look at uh, evolution and its natural repercussions. Uh, I'd also, just there's just no evidence. I mean, the evidence that I see is kind of like elementary, like this kind of looks like that, and so therefore, and then their their code. Anyway, it's, go listen to previous episodes. It just seems, um, it, it just it feels like a religion. Um, so when you get into in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We could get into uh, a Hugh Ross-type uh, theory. Now, Hugh Ross is not an evolutionist. A lot of uh, young earth creationists try to categorize him as an evolutionist. He's not. He's very clear about that. But what he does do that I think is kind of interesting is he puts God's perspective into account with at least one of his lectures that I I, uh, heard. And basically what he says, he goes, now, you know, kind of listen here where God's at. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So where is God? Now God, now we've got the perspective in 1-1 of being outside of where we live you know and then we have verse 1 2 where god moved upon the face of the water so now it would be as though god is looking from the vantage point of being on earth and i think that's really interesting because then what q ross does is he kind of goes through and he says that okay and then there was light and you know as we move further into 1 3 and all the days what it does is not saying that light didn't exist, but basically this is looking at the creation from the standpoint of being on earth and God putting into place a water cycle and all these different attributes associated that that we know do exist. And so I find that perspective kind of interesting. And, uh, you know, if you're... uh, if you're if you're thinking long periods of time for the days, and we we're going to get into this whole thing about days and what they mean and all that, but when you when you get into this day age theory, you know you, you might want to check out Hugh Ross and what he says about it. If I can dig up a video, I'll throw it in, in the uh, the membership area of the website too for you to take a look at. I'll mention it in the next video or the next podcast if uh, I find something. So. If it's a synopsis, if 1, 1, and 1, 2 is a synopsis, then verse 3 simply is extrapolating 1, 1, 1, and 1, 2. Okay. The five-mile view, and now we're going to zoom in and tell you all the details. If not, then we have a separate event of an unknown amount of time before 3 begins. Um, it's It could be one of the two there. And so, which one is it? I don't know. There's a lot of good arguments both ways. And again, I think that the way that this is structured is not God being coy, but God is considering the error of man, the arrogance of man, and man's desire to not be happy with the questions. You see, if this is God conveying a message to us, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is the purpose of the Bible? What's the big purpose here? 
It's a relational book. God wants us to seek Him. God wants us to try to understand Him. You're not going to be tested, and I'm not going to be tested, on, you know, whenever we meet the Lord, we're not going to, to be there and go, okay, now, was, you know, is it a real quick question here? You know, was that a synopsis in 1 1 and 1 2 and 1 3? You know, it, that's not going to happen. The idea is that we can look at this in light and marvel at the idea that the book of Genesis was created in a way that speaks to all generations, all time, of all intellects. But then we can also look at it and realize that it is a wonderful book where we can start to debate with each other and discuss and wonder and seek God every day of our life. In 1-1 one, one, and 1-2, one, you could probably spend a lifetime just going through it and looking at the different interpretations. And there's nothing wrong with debating the scriptures. But when it becomes a dogmatic argument, and when it becomes something that gets in the way of the relationship or gets in the way of someone considering God, then I think we have a problem. So if you take, you know, if we go back to Hugh Ross, for example, he's criticized by the young earth. And what they would say is, oh, you know, he, he's taking modern science over the word of God and he's trying to squeeze what they're saying today in science with God. Now, what I would say is, if you fast forward to uh, Paul, and Paul in the New Testament, he comes across the unknown God. Now, there was an unknown God, unknown statue, and it was just in case in a poly, uh, polytheistic uh, world or society, what, what he did, they made a God just in case they forgot one. Now, this is an extra one. This is the unknown God. And what Paul did was Paul said, okay, you see this unknown God, let me tell you about this unknown God. And then he equated their culture and their time to the unknown God. And what it did was bridge the Christian uh, worldview to a polytheistic uh, society. So at, at worst, what I see with Hugh Ross is I see him kind of doing the same thing where he goes, okay, hey, you guys are really intelligent. You guys do a lot of work. You guys are really trying to put this whole thing together. And this is how you see the world. This is how you see the universe. And I think this is how he sees it too. But I think what he does is he goes, okay, now in light of that, let me, let me tell you about how this God can work within that framework. Let me tell you how God can work. And let me tell you how God worked within that framework. To me, it parallels the unknown God and the Apostle Paul. I don't see what Hugh Ross is doing by incorporating a day-age theory as something that uh, is, is something that we should run away from or be scared of or criticize him because he's not a literalist. Now, if you flip it around the other side and you have the literalist, then what you can say is, I applaud the faith. I, I applaud the where you're at with this. I, I applaud you sticking and standing firm with this literal interpretation of Genesis. The problem that you have with it is that this book is not something that you take and read once and put down and say, okay, I've got this figured out. It, it's a multi-tier, multi, it, it's, it's, a, it's a relational book from an ultimate creator in which we'll, we'll never meet the standard, uh, both in intellect, but also in other ways as well.
So that's that's where we are with uh, Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. Um, there isn't a magic bullet. What you could do is you can argue that, uh, of course, in the earth, we see it as a, a round earth. We think earth, the earth, you know, to, to the people that were putting this down would be the ground. Now, is, is, God, is God playing, you know, with the, with the future and the past and everything as he's doing the word earth? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, without form and void, your gap theory people would say that that would be a, uh, the way that that's constructed would imply that there was a judgment and then a, um, uh, you know, that, that's where that was. And they'd also point that God had uh, destroyed the world later with a uh, flood and the water judgment. And so they would say, uh, you know, the motive was or, or the, uh, the means was consistent. And uh, so, so that's kind of where they would see it. And then if you look at it, just kind of keep in mind that the perspective of God definitely changes, which I, I think the Heros is definitely onto something when he says that we're, it's outside of creation and a one-two, it bounces inside of creation. And is it a synopsis or is it uh, in a synopsis and then verse three starts to clue in on it? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's an inconclusive answer, and I think it's something we can debate and discuss. Uh, it could be a synopsis. It could be a separate event. You know, uh, so, you know, and then the other thing is, is, well, in the beginning of what? You know, I always always wonder that, too. And I don't know if this holds water or not, but I'll throw it out to you. It's like, in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. In the beginning of what? Is it in the beginning of the universe? Because if you go listen to uh, the Heiser video, get back into that word created. Check out what he says there. It's really interesting. But is it the beginning of man's time? Is it the beginning of everything? Is it, what is the beginning? What is, what, what is that? And so I think that that leaves room for even more discussions. Now, if we look at it and say, okay, have we found anything here that can disprove it? What we find is that nothing's disproven. So what we have is God conveying creation that meets all the criteria of the previous podcast that we have discussed. Even today, in our fallibility today, our arrogance today, the scriptures are still relevant. And that, that, that's an incredible point to bring out. The only thing that's proven when someone starts to attack the scriptures when you look at it without getting into one ditch or the other, meaning you make too many assumptions or you make not enough, what you find is that we're back where we started. What we have is we have men who don't like the idea of an ultimate creator being God. You'll see them almost be okay with the idea of transpermia or the idea that aliens somehow planted life here. They're okay with that superior intelligence. And uh, if you look at No Intelligence uh, Allowed, that movie, you'll see Richard Dawkins is, he seems okay with that kind of intelligence. But the super intelligence of God is where there is something that some people just really don't like the idea of. And, you know, it, it, it really speaks a lot to us as a, as a people when we, we, we balk at the idea 
that somehow we are within a creation of something far more superior and greater to us. And that's what God is. And I don't see a real problem with that. Now, uh, when you look at when it is rejected or when it is accepted, we have to understand something. You know, I keep going back to this idea that, well, welcome to the human condition. We're all here. When we do it, we, we, build our, we build our belief on Genesis or, you know, rejecting it or accepting it based upon our personal indoctrinations, our personal interpretations, our personal confirmation biases, and also what we find unpalatable, what we find that looks like we're not going to accept it based upon how we see it within our own mind. And, you know, we can certainly you know, reject it or accept it based upon that. But at some point, we've got to realize that that is why we're rejecting or accepting the book of Genesis. So with that being said, I am going to button up today's podcast. We are coming up on Christmas. I do want to do a uh, podcast related to Christmas. I do. uh, I'm thinking about a good friend of mine, Chris, who listens to the podcast He shot me a message, and it was related to uh, Pascal's wager. And so I'm debating trying to put something together, you know, for uh, the Christmas message related to Pascal's wager and the Christian message of hope. So I welcome you to listen to that. Guys, I really am trying to get you some, some interesting content, and I'm publishing it in that membership area of the website and again, I'd, I'd love for you to get in there and take a look at that. If nothing else, do visit the homepage of the website, mindlob.com, just like the podcast, and listen to, to Michael Heiser. Because when you start looking at the grammar breakdown and the different ways that he's breaking this thing down, it's, uh, you know, again, he's, he's a person. He's not, he's not the ultimate authority, just like we're not. We know we're all humans fumbling around the dark trying to figure this thing out. But when you listen to him and you start to look at the the different ways that he's showing you the grammar and the different ways that you can actually read the beginning of Genesis, it, it's pretty mind-blowing. It's, it's pretty interesting, and it really shows how far we've got to go uh, just to kind of get our heads wrapped around what this book of Genesis is. Thank you so much for uh, allowing me the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, one, on one podcast in the future, I don't want to make this about me or anything like that, but in one future uh, episode, I do want to share with you why I started this podcast. And uh, it has nothing to do with uh, fame and glory and all those Indiana Jones kind of ideas. It, it's more of a, it, there's a whole other rationale behind it. And, and you're a part of that. And I'm grateful that you listen and that I'm grateful that... Uh, you allow me through all of my flaws and errors and, you know, my own humanity to talk to you and relay a message and, you know, and you can throw away what you don't like and keep what you do like and, and you know, use that. I just find that such a blessing to me in my life and I am grateful for you this Christmas season and I'm grateful that you uh, continue to listen and uh, again, if you ever have any ideas or anything you want to share with me, you can definitely do that at mindlove.com. Have a great Christmas season. Thank you.
make sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit mindlob.com to learn more.